You're listening to the Bomb Bad Generals. General. Hey, welcome back to the Bomb Bad Generals. It's your host Seth, and I'm here with the one and only Matt. That's me, the legendary Matt Bronson. Unfortunately, you are now ranked number three on EL on ELO. How are you feeling about that? I was going to say, yeah, we have to issue a retraction for our interview with uh, Kyle Dornboss last week. Uh, Just seamless plug. If you haven't listened to that one, I'd say check it out. Uh, Picking his brain about how he approaches the game of Legion. Really good time. But we talked about the latest ELO update as we knew it then. He beat me out Mm -hmm. by one point to regain the title of number one North America ranked player. And turns out, uh, neither of us are. Luke Cook has taken back the crown. So the eternal world champion since 2019, Luke Cook, back to being number one. But uh, we'll try to change that up at LVO. Yeah, congratulations. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Matt. Congratulations to you, Luke, for for getting that. Uh, And I know you guys have been asking a ton about Todd and where is Todd. I wish I could say he's here this week, but unfortunately he is not. He is actually practicing slots for LVO. So look out for him at LVO because I think he'll be be hitting the slot machines at LVO. So go find Todd at LVO. Well, yeah, we're going into our next segment, and that is what are you running? Now, Matt, you told me that you're running a very niche, interesting list. Tell us about that list you were running. Yeah, so we had a, a local this past weekend so i got a couple games in with a din tons list so really the reason i want to do this was i haven't put tons on the table for a long time and i think they're getting a bit worse here with the new climbing rules when troopers can get on buildings to get out of the way of them so i kind of just want to get them on the table again i love getting the din model on the table i think it's a great model and it's kind of a different list than I usually run. It's very in your face, get to your lines and cause a lot of havoc. So for me, I would classify that more in the aggro side of lists as opposed mm, to yeah. something more cagey. And that's kind of what I wanted to, to transition to talk about today because I think, well, first things first, let's define, we were talking about in the pre-show, what is an aggro list really? How would you define an aggro list, Seth? I would define an aggro list by a list that wants to get up and in your face at least range two, if not range one. And so one thing that their sole purpose is to charge you with all they got and to have their whole army hit you all at once from multiple different sides or from like, you know, the same spot, but put a lot of pressure on the opponent's army and just go full aggro without even focusing on the objectives, really. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think there is one other factor when you compare it to, let's say, a gun line or Blizzard Force. Blizzard Force can be pretty aggro, but I wouldn't fully go there with it. Those lists, they try to get in pretty much everything in Legion is going to try to hit you all at once. But as you said, you're doing it from close range with an aggro list. And I think those lists, the thing about them is you know you're going to lose something on the way in. Usually the Mm, way they're designed is that you take a whole bunch of units, which if you send one set of Wookiees or one Tawn into the enemy forces, they can deal with it pretty easily. But if you send three 
or you could do even four tons in echo base, you send them all forwards, one will die, but then the rest will make it to the lines. And at that point you're banking on, they can't handle it fast enough before it's causing a lot of problems for them. So for me, it's that distinction, which honestly makes aggro lists tough for me to play and they're not really in my wheelhouse. So full mm. transparency, I don't think our discussion today, like I, I don't think it's a strength of mine necessarily, but I think it's good to talk about like between us, how we approach aggro lists and what you need to know going into that. So yeah, you've played a lot of like Yoda with Wookiees. Would you classify those as more on the aggro side of things? Or do you think they're kind of more in a, in a midway between a, a traditional gun line something cagey and conservative or do you think they, they 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 fall into our definition here yeah no i'd actually classify it as more of a hybrid mm -hmm. um because you have chewbacca like because i normally run chewbacca with yoda and wookies that's like three big melee threats right there and so it could be super aggro but like it also could be like kind of cagey um, and sometimes it needs to be kind of cagey because like if I lose my Wookiees, then it's it's like the list kind of it's not it's not aggro anymore. And mm -hmm. so it, it'd be a hybrid. I, I would say you would for a good solid aggro list, you probably need like four to five like super aggressive units that are just charging in there. Right. So we're probably talking about like Yoda, you know, like the the Bushfax list from almost a year ago at this point where it was Yoda, Chewie. And then three sets of Wookiees, right? Where you've yeah, got yeah. a lot of that stuff. When you're rocking one Wookiee, you can be cagey with one Wookiee and kind of pick your moment. When yeah, you're running yeah. a bunch of them or you're running, you know, Dintons as the example that started this all, you can't be cagey. And that's my that was my struggle when I started playing these sort of lists. And I haven't done, again, that much, but I'm very used to playing the control style of game. Mm-hmm keep things from dying, preserve activations, pick your moments, don't take too much firepower all at once. And yeah. if you try to do that, the first one of the first times I remember really getting wrecked like this was I was trying to do Anakin Wookiees. And basically I didn't want to lose anything. So I played conservatively and then I lost everything because I couldn't mm. I couldn't engage, I couldn't cause damage back, so they just sat at range and, and picked me apart, right? Yeah, so that's where yeah. the distinction comes in. To play these aggro lists well, you have to be okay with something dying. Obviously, you don't want something to die, you want to still be careful and, and limit it, but you have to be okay with, you know what, I'm going to send everything forward, and if something dies, that's okay, because I'll make it up in the later game. Yeah, I think aggro you have like you have to commit all in. Like you can't build an aggro list and not commit it. Like you're committed turn one to just charge in and you're gonna you're gonna lose some dudes. Like it's gonna happen. But I like I have firsthand experience on the receiving end of the aggro list that if the aggro list hits hard and hits right, it really messes up your play because you have to deal with a lot of units close up to you. And like, especially with only one force user, one force user can deal with one to two uh, units coming to lines. But when it's like three to four, 
like four, maybe five like it's it's really tough to handle and one force user can't handle that all especially if you're running a gunline list like you are like i'm sorry to say that but if that aggro player plays it really well like that gun line is pretty screwed yeah and you mentioned kind of like aggro lists don't really play objectives which is kind of true they kind of play objectives in a different way i think yeah, yeah. right like a a aggro list playing breakthrough isn't the you know like classic tons even at the height of their powers they wouldn't stick around to actually score at the end of the game yeah. But they would cause so much so much disruption in the meantime that you had to spend, you know, three, four, five turns dealing with them that by the time all of that is done, you're too far behind in objectives and you can't catch up. Right? And that's kind of how yeah. the the game went for me this weekend. I played one game of payload and one game of hostage, right? And it's just okay, let stuff happen for the first few turns. I'm not really going to focus on those things. You can kill my hostage, grab my hostage. Um, but the Tons are going to be taking care of everything else or, you know, the Wookiees. And when you get to turn four, turn five, turn six, mm -hmm. sure, maybe you've killed my threats, but now you don't have enough left that hopefully I've got one more power piece than you to yep. bring it home. As far as getting better with aggro list, which is a journey that I th I'd say I'm still on, Mm -hmm. And I think it's a useful journey, even if you are like me and more of a conservative cagey gunline player. The sort of lists that can mess me up are those ones that get me off kilter and, mm -hmm. and come right at me. So to better understand those, I try to play them. And to get better at them, you just have to get reps. It's like a lot of things in Legion, you just have to, to do it. Because then you'll have the experiences like me where you were a little bit too conservative and you get your butt kicked. And then you say, okay, what did I do wrong? Next game, maybe you go too too aggressive and you're hanging guys out in the open and you die too fast. And it takes yeah. a little bit of fine-tuning. But with reps, you could have some good success still, I think, with those more uh, aggressive lists. So moving on, today we got the Dark Troopers article. So now we know Gideon plus the Dark Troopers. Hey will experiment more at least on my side a bit after lvo since they're not actually released until february but uh initial thoughts we haven't talked between the two of us yet too much about these guys so i'm interested to hear what you think so dark troopers coming in at 95 points um I think they're pretty reasonably costed uh you know with the whole armor and plotting the double activation super awesome like design choices that amg uh went with these um first initial thoughts like when the heavies like when i first looked at the article i was like oh this is actually kind of underwhelming like heavies are super expensive it was smaller dice pools than i expected uh but then like combining with moff gideon uh and then like also cranking down some numbers i was like oh like they're decently pretty good uh, especially with Moff Gideon. I don't think you take Dark Troopers without Moff Gideon, in my opinion, but because that's, I feel like that's where a lot of their value comes from. I kind of agree. And so I think they kind of go together. I could see maybe an argument for taking them without, but I think probably if you're taking one, you're taking the other. They seem really good. They're super expensive, really hard to put in a list with the Force user, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, but I think they are they are also a good deterrent to force users because of the double activation. Um, but that's some of my first thoughts, Matt. Tell tell me tell me your first thoughts. 
Yeah, you touched on a lot of it. The double activation and their melee profile, they throw a red and a, a white each. The fact that they activate twice makes it a little tricky for Jedi to engage them, because a lot of their regular tricks don't necessarily work. Like, if you move into them and stand by, they can withdraw, you can move into them again, and then they still have another activation, right? Or yeah. they punch you, you lightsaber them, and then they activate later, punch you again. Now, they yeah. are very slow, in a sense, if they're trying to go, if they're trying to chase someone, they're pretty slow because they can do only a speed one move once per activation, but over the course of around two speed one moves is essentially a speed three move. So they're not they're not the slowest thing in the world. I think one of the, the big things to think about is that when you start adding heavies to them, yeah, they're expensive, they're maybe a little underwhelming, but you get two uses out of them potentially. Oh yeah. Right, and you have to take six wounds through armor and red saves before you actually lose a heavy because you have the base unit as three guys which means <laughs> you've got two generic dudes that's four wounds and then you have to do two wounds beyond that for the heavy to die so they're expensive i like them at 188 points with the assault cannon the frag launcher basically the, the two guns and the programming upgrade and that's essentially two 94 point activations because they <laughs> activate twice yeah and they hit kind of like that i think it's all going to come down to what are the tricks that they can do because they are one unit activating twice we haven't seen a lot of that in this game i crunched down some numbers for the dark troopers kind of like their offensive defensive output and before we get in those i want to talk about the programming card the programmed loyalty uh it's five points highly recommend uh you bringing this one five points where you're get retinue commander um of course the downside is that you can only be issued orders by a commander unit i think the only person that kind of is affected is vader op vader or boba fett if you are running rule with respect you can't yeah. order these guys but like on that turn if you've got Gideon, you can entourage them still, or you're probably not running that card because I would rather run Boba Rocket and the Gideon 3-pip, most likely. Yeah. So that drawback, I don't think, will come into play very often. So the Retinue Commander is super good. If you don't know what Retinue is, it's get a aim or dodge at the start of the activation phase when you're within range 1 to 2 of a commander. Uh, so some of the offensive output that they have, that the Dark Troopers have, with the Assault Cannon and the Frag Launcher, so with an aim, so with that Retinue aim, it's 78, 7 to 8 hits just with an aim. Uh, I know. I just, and if you're at range 2, you're getting Blast. Yeah, that's which is Blast. Really nice. Yeah, it's so your opponent has to roll seven to eight hits without a name. It's six hits, so still really good without a name. Um, but I would still recommend getting that aim. You're not really going to use retinue for a dodge just because a dodge on an armor unit without outmaneuver is just worthless, in my opinion. It's not great, it's not great, especially since they cannot get cover. Yeah. Yes. Now, if it's just the assault cannon with an extra dude, so let's say your frag launcher is exhausted, you're still rocking six to seven hits with an aim. <laughs> like, that's good. That's still pretty good. And then you have five hits without an aim. So again, that aim's super helpful. 
and then just the assault cannon. So you're rocking about five to six hits with a name, four hits without a name. Uh, again, that's not blast. So covered will come into play with that. Uh, and then let's 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 talk about like melee. So the Myrtleizer, it's a two red, mert, one mert. black. Mert, Merted. First of all, I think it's difficult to get them in melee just because Often, of how yeah, slow proactively, they are. proactively, yeah, proactively, you're not really gonna be able to lock things down a no. lot of the time. But if you do not lock things down, here's what you get with the Myrtleizer, uh, with an aim, it's six hits. Without a name, it's about five hits. And then with the Myrtleizer and an extra dude, with with a name, it's seven hits. Without a name, it's six hits. So I think you're still going to want to do ranged attacks um, because it's about the same consistency as what your melee would have. I think the thing about the Myrtleizer as well, we talked about Jedi and their tricks with standbys. It is suppressive. So if someone tries to standby into you, mm-hmm. you can hit them knock off the standby right away. Again, more of a a defensive tool. I think you still want the guns so you can kind of threaten. You're still very threatening in melee with just five guys and two activations, but the Myrtleizer is cheap and it looks cool. You got a big ass cricket bat that you can smack guys with. (laughs) It's a super cool model. I liked that you broke down the uh, offensive stats with the exhausted frag launcher because Mm -hmm. Remember, cycle happens at the end of an activation, which means if you're activating these guys twice, you could use it in one activation and then not use it in the other activation and it cycles back. Yes. So I I think that's generally going to be the best way to do it as opposed to recover shooting all the time. And then that means you're doing one shot with a frag launcher and one shot where the frag launcher is just using the one black die from the weapon. And they're both solid. Now... Let's talk a little bit about defensive. So if you are a force user going up against dark troopers, I highly recommend that you do not get in melee with the dark troopers. And here's why. If you are Anakin and you swing your lightsaber at the dark troopers, you're only doing an average of four wounds. With that, you haven't even taken out a heavy yet. So Anakin's four wounds, Operative Luke is three wounds, Maul is two to three wounds, Maul with the dark saber is three wounds, and then Dooku is also three wounds. It's probably not going to trade very well. You might no. work him down eventually, but you will be bruised and bloodied coming out of that. So I think it's a good time as well to kind of transition to Moff Gideon because a couple of reasons. We talked about programmed loyalty and getting tokens when you're at range one to two of a commander. Something else that works at one to two is Entourage. So getting a free order from Moff Gideon. So they combo yeah. really well together there. You could get a free order and most of the time a free aim. If it's mm-hmm. a list where you're only running Moff Gideon, so maybe Imperial Remnant when we see that or a regular list where you don't have any other characters, then aggressive tactics is good as well because then they're getting a surge. So now they surge. They have a surge available for defense or maybe for offense, which is essentially mm-hmm. adding another hitter block probably every turn. And he's just a pretty cheap 100 point base uh, Courage 3 unit, which these days with the suppression changes is pretty good to have because now you have to leave someone with seven suppression at the end of the turn so that they have six 
which is a panic. Again, I was saying, I think a lot of the value for Dark Troopers comes with the tricks they can do activating twice. Well, oh, Moff yeah. Gideon has the two pip where they can teleport across the board on turn two and beyond. Or, you know, either offensively to get in position or defensively, maybe they've grabbed an objective and they want to come back home. It costs you one of your two activations, but it brings a lot of utility. And I think that's Gideon's strongest command card, which is why if you don't have a Dark Trooper to make use of that, I think you leave him at home. Yeah. But also it really takes the Dark Troopers up to 11 and brings their utility into another level. And that's why you want to pair the two together. And then going into his three pip, the three pip is issue orders to three core or, or heavy units. Uh, and units issue orders by this card gain fire support. I think fire support is really cool on the Dark Troopers, especially because they activate twice. So you could give them an order and they still get to go again. So they can add their dice pool to a, a like Moth or a different unit and still attack on their own on their same turn. I did some stats because you want Moth Gideon to be within range two of your Dark Troopers to get that retinue. Uh, and let's say you play this three pip and Moff Gideon, you pull Moff out of the stack. Uh, here's here's what'll happen. If you fire support uh, the two double heavy Dark Troopers with Moff Gideon into heavy cover, you're hitting nine hits Ooh. with 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 Moff. Yeah, that is with an aim because he has tactical one. Yep. Um, and for red saves, that's an average of five to six wounds. <laughs> Did so, you factor in that he has observe one as well for an additional reroll? You know what? I did not. So even better, potentially. Yeah, he's his gun is only one to two, so that's a bit of a limitation. But other than that, he's an amazing fire support platform because he can move, shoot. He has an aim, free action observe. So that's essentially three dice you're rerolling. And let's say you reroll a red and a black with the aim and the red still blanks out, then you can reroll that red again with the observe. Yep. And you should be getting a hit out of that. He's got yep. sharpshooter one. So the best they can do is light cover and he's surging to crit. So he's taking that dice pool that wouldn't surge before or just had critical one and now applying surges across, which is going to be another hit or two. So he's actually a really solid fire support platform if he's in position to capitalize that. One important thing when we're talking about this card particularly, the order has to come from the card for you to get fire support, which means if you want to fire support with the Dark Troopers, you can't give them the order via Entourage. So you can't like give out three core orders and then Entourage to the Dark Troopers and then fire support. It has to yeah. come from the card, which isn't a big deal. Something to be aware of. I think yes. one other thing to highlight with Dark Troopers particularly, and Moff Gideon is great for this because he's got a couple command slots, improvised orders, fantastic. Dark Troopers mm -hmm. will always have at least one token in the bag, so improvised orders is great for delaying that token draw so that you get it when you want to. I think a lot of the time I'm going to be holding their face up until after I've gone with their random order. Not necessarily all the time, but I think that's going to be the best thing to go back to back with dark troopers or at least control their second activation more so than yeah. controlling the first we've talked about this on a previous podcast but one kind of play you have to watch out for for dark troopers is 
if let's say your first activation with dark troopers you move and attack and your second activation is you want to take a standby unfortunately you cannot take a standby because you've already attacked during that round mm -hmm. so you have to watch out for that unless amg changes the rules for that on monday we'll see yeah we're talking about how you know dark troopers could be scary if you're really worried about someone else bringing dark troopers what are ways to counter them i can think of one really good one in republic Oh, fire support Anakin. Yeah. Saber throw. With a, with an RPS especially. Impact yes. 2 from the RPS, impact 3 from Anakin's saber. If he's got surge crit, you might take out three guys in one fire support. You might take out four guys in one fire support with impact 5, surge crit, pierce 3. So that is a very effective way to take out dark troopers. I think because of how they interact with objectives... They're going to be harder to ignore than a lot of heavies are. I agree. Because right now you can yes. kind of ignore tanks if you can't deal with them very well. I think that's going to be tougher with dark troopers. Now, the good thing is they lose effectiveness with wounds more so than tanks. Mm -hmm. But the bad news is they've got more health than <laughs> true. tanks do. They've got If you've got two heavies, you're looking at 10 health behind armor. Yeah. 12 if you're going with the extra guy, which I think is a little too expensive, but it is an option. But there is actually one interaction that is kind of cool. At least, again, caveat to all of this, under the current rules. Impact happens before Guardian. So even if they roll six hits and have Impact 2, they can only turn two of those to crits. So they do that first, and then you get to Guardian what's left. So if you have a protector IRG around, you can wait until they choose which dice to turn to crits, tap protector, guardian, up to two of those away. So you can take those wounds, make those saves on IRG instead. You can heal back the IRG if you need to, and you can keep those dark troopers at full power for longer. And if they decide not to attack the dark troopers because of that great you still have guardian for the rest of your army as we've talked about before guardian is an incredible keyword making the points work is a little tough but i think it is going to be a, a pretty com a pretty strong combo that i'm going to be looking at when i'm building lists with dark troopers so do you have a list that you've made that you're kind of that's bouncing around in your head that uses dark troopers that you want to talk about briefly? Uh, no, because I'm a Republic player. Oh, true, true, true. Well, <laughs> I've got one, and I think we'll we'll link it in the description in case people want to play around with it and look at the exact upgrades and stuff. But basically, it's Moff Gideon with just improvised orders. You get Boba Fett in there with C's so that he can get an order on the three pip turn. So you can mm -hmm. control him going first if he needs to in fire supporting. You've got shore troopers, two of those with T21s. You've got a couple mortars, a couple T21 storms, and then dark troopers with the two gun upgrades and the programmed loyalty. So comes in at nine activations, but it's kind of like 10 because the dark troopers are going twice. Mm -hmm. You're at 798. You got a lot of beef between dark troopers and Boba. You're kind of making it tough for Jedi to get into your lines. If you really wanted to, you could give Moff Gideon the Darksaber if you drop some stuff. We didn't talk much about the Darksaber, but I think for me it's, am I running Moff Gideon alone? Yes, then I probably have his one pip, in which case yep. I'm definitely taking the Darksaber. 
If I'm not running the one pip, eh, maybe not. But yeah, I think that's the first thing I'm gonna try. And uh, if you guys try it out, let us know how that goes. And I think that takes us to the end of our first section here. So we'll go to the break briefly and then we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Honda Anaka's Vitamin Supplements. My man Hondo is an experienced and well-respected businessman, and he's got an innovative new sales technique. He wants to get his supplements out to the market, so he wants you to help sell them and recruit friends to do the same. Buy a bunch of vitamins from Hondo, then sell them to customers. Also, if you recruit friends to sell them, then you'll get a portion of all their future sales. If those friends recruit friends, then you get a portion of those sales as well. It's easy money with what Hondo calls triangular investing. Learn for yourself at thisventureisdefinitelyprofitable.com. Welcome back to Bombad Generals. And our next section is the top tactical tactic. Matt, what is our top tactical tactic today? We've mentioned it a couple times. There's a new rule book coming out on Monday, January 16th. So we've got a pretty simple tap, tactical tactic today. Read the rule book, study the <laughs> rule book. A lot is gonna change. So read through it. I'm gonna be reading through it cover to cover, making a list and checking it twice as far as questions I've got for the rules forum. Peruse the rules forum because there could be a number of clarifications there. You know, especially if you're going to LVO, you don't want to show up not understanding some weird yep. interactions. So I'd say, like, you you, you got to know it. There's, there's just no options. But, you know, reading it cover to cover, that's going to take a lot of time. Quickly, Seth, what is the first thing you're going to look at? Are you just going to start from the top and read down? Or are you going to flip to a certain page first? So there's actually two different things I'm specifically looking at. Uh, and one that is the tournament doc because they are they did say mm. they are releasing mm-hmm. a tournament doc alongside this rule book, and so I'm watching out for that. I'm hoping for an errata, so <laughs> if so, I'm gonna be looking that. But regarding the core rule book, the first thing I'll probably look at is there's been a lot of rumors about exemplar keyword changing, and I'm, I think I'm gonna turn in and just look at that exemplar keyword like. Is Anakin or pa- and Padme like? Are they nerfed pretty hard? Are they still good? Can they still stand- share standbys? Like, I'll, I'll be looking at that, and then I'll read the rest of the rulebook. Yeah. How about you, Matt? What is like when you open that rulebook? What is the first thing you're going to? The thing I want to look at is climbing, one hundred percent, because of all the snippets that we got in the articles. I think climbing, we have the most open question marks about, at least from my perspective. How many actions does it take? Does it count for things like relentless? Can I do free actions like that off of it? Do I get tactical when I climb? Can Mm -hmm. I climb when I'm doing a speed X move, like force push or Leia's two pip or simple man, stuff like that. So there's a lot of open-ended questions that I want to know about because how climbing works is going to be very interesting for a lot of lists and the things it opens up or maybe doesn't open up if it's more restrictive than we've thought. You know, we've seen you and I in the game we played that's on our YouTube again, seamless plug. 
what Jumping Vader can do when oh, we gosh. ruled that, oh, we'll play it where he can do Relentless, right? It's yeah. it's wild. So it that's is. the thing for me that I want to see first and foremost is how does this work? And then probably I'll go back up to the top and just start reading. I'm really curious to see the interactions between Climb and like Scale and just mm -hmm. how they're going to really balance that out to make Scale Ooh. still a reasonable keyword. That's a good point. I might I might read Climbing and then go and read Expert Climber, Scale, and Jump yeah. just to see how those change and then back to the top. Of course, yeah. we have yeah. no idea how this could be formatted. You might not no want to jump around a whole lot. You know, it's supposed to be more intuitive and easy to read, so hopefully it works well if you just start at the top and go through. But mm -hmm. uh, those would be the spots I'm, I'm looking at closely. Yes. And we want to plug a friend real fast. Our friend David Endless, uh, he and his Yavin base, they are live streaming the reading of the core rule book as soon as it comes out on Monday. So be on the lookout. The link for his Twitch channel is in the description. Uh, but if you want to join the community and reading the, the rule book, check out his Twitch channel. If you listen to our PAX interview with David, you know, he he thinks a lot about Legion and Yavin Base is a, a great place and we, we definitely want to plug it every chance we get. Well, that's it for our top tactical tactic. And usually at this point of the podcast, we go into our key keyword of the day. But today there is no key keyword of the day because of the new rulebook coming out. Next week, we will be doing a podcast again on Friday. We will not be doing a player interview because we've done a, a number of those recently. So next weekend, we are just going to have an episode of myself and Seth talking through the new rules, things we noticed, very reasonable and well thought out takes that we can make up when the dust settles uh, a few days in. So if you want hot takes, come to David's live stream come, on yeah. Monday night. If you want perfect takes that will age <laughs> great, then come to our podcast next Friday. And we did mention a lot of stats and just like uh, some dice rolls with some numbers if you want to create your own like if you want to find out your own stats uh on dice statistics uh just go to tellmetheodds.net um they got a great website for you to do that on your own fantastic yeah i i love dice simulators it's it's a there are simple things you can do in your head at some point you just need to simulate it and Absolutely. tell me the odds is the best one for that so thanks everyone for listening again uh if you want to Hear more about Dark Troopers, stay tuned, and good luck with the new rulebook. Stay Gungan. This has been The Bombad Generals. Listening to Bombad Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, missed triggers, aim losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bombad Generals is right for you.